0: Good day, mates! Welcome back to another episode of the Point Radio Podcast here on the Pike Network Discord server. Today is March 12th, 2021, and I'm back from the woods, joined, as always, by my lovely co-host, Delta, from Down Under, drinking some Bundy's. How's it going, buddy? That was a
1: great day, mate.
0: <laughs> well, th- well, thank you. I've been practicing. Every morning I wake up, and I scare everyone around me by just shouting, Good night, mate! 200 times.
1: You've learned well, young Joey. <laughs>
0: So, today we're going to be talking about running Boink on VPSs, what that means and what it implies and all that fun stuff. Um, But first, as always, you're welcome to join us every Friday at 5pm Eastern on the Boink Network Discord server where you can join the discussion through the mic or text chat. And if you're lucky, you'll catch a special edition of the Project Brief we just finished recording, uh, an episode on Skynet which should be posted I'm not going to say soon cuz I have fallen behind I've got 3 project briefs to post my apologies to everyone I'll get to it,
1: it drinks my bundy angrily
0: <laughs> what kind of bundy you got this week
1: all right so for you I have a very special bundy Ooh. so I said uh, I said uh, the other week that I've run out of bundies I haven't I couldn't find any more flavors but I did I found the last flavor <laughs> it's a bunny it lie it is a Bundy lie. But it is a sarsaparilla. Bundaberg sarsaparilla. Isn't that like a Texan and flavor? I don't know, but the only thing I can really compare it to is actually Dr. Pepper. Huh.
0: All right.
1: And I must say, I am ending the Bundy series on a high, because this is probably the best Bundy I've had out of all of them.
0: Well, nothing beats a good sarsaparilla.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Uh, it is craft brewed for three days as usual and made in Australia, fully Australian and family owned.
0: Wonderful. Look at this guy over here supporting Australian families with his purchasing of bees and stuff and then Bundys.
1: And t- I'm a one man stimulus package. <laughs>
0: you hear that, Australia? Sponsor this man! Alright. <laughs> Throw your beverages in the chat and we will give them the light of day. I've got a nice Chianti here. It's a um, $12 county. It uh, tastes like wine. Pretty good.
1: Yep, whatever that means. <laughs> <laughs> I don't drink wine, but I bought like 12 wines the other day.
0: Yeah, because you're running a little racket, a little family wine racket. Yeah. You can call the IRS on your ass. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, 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 bro. Cash only.
0: All <laughs> oh, right, all right, all right. <laughs> So, uh, is there any Boink news this week? I know we didn't look it up, uh, but it's been like two weeks out of out of the loop, out of the news. I'm sure there There's a lot updates, of news. Yeah, probably updates from World Community Grid. I'll actually just click this and read it. Uh, coming from the Microbiome Immunity Project. And I've been reading papers left and right. I don't know if Google just recognizes that I keep opening the Microbiome Immunity Project news. So it's just telling me about all the discoveries with microbiomes and how it's related to dementia and, and Alzheimer's and different disease A, B, and C or could be related. But hey, it's no joke. The microbiome is a really big thing. Uh, and we're only still just pinching the tip of the salt pile as to what the hell the microbiome even means anyway these guys are continuing the work of trying to figure out what the hell's going on with this thing in our body where there's trillions of bacteria living uh and the the research team members will be talking at RosettaCon 2021 which is a virtual uh conference for users of rosetta softwares uh which i think is from rosetta at home um and that that software is used by the microbiome immunity project uh there are also a couple papers and projects uh three papers sorry a few papers and projects um and one's already submitted for review and the others are analyzing data sets so that is that the project is still running because there's always going to be work to to be done on the microbiome uh there are about 5700 batches available for download that's a backlog of 140 days so get to it that's not to say You haven't already gotten to it because there are 327,000 batches completed at an average of 41 batches per day. So people have been crunching this project, and people can still crunch this project. Keep it up.
1: All right. Now, uh, let's get on to some other news. So there has been a major incident in the Strasbourg Data Center. I don't know if any of you have heard it, Uh, but on March 10th, uh, the Strasbourg Data Center actually got engulfed with flames. What? Yes, uh, and I can actually show pictures, because I think one of my uh, friends showed me. Let me just quickly grab it.
0: Wow, here's, a, here's a, a quick pitch for distributed systems, eh? <laughs>
1: <laughs> yep. I don't know how to pronounce it. Strasbourg, Strasbourg. Uh, but yeah, there's the fire it's in the Strasbourg. data center. It's, it's, yeah, I, uh, I'm, not, I'm not that European. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't think I can do the accent. Wow,
0: yeah, that's Stra- a lot of fire. Strasbourg,
1: yep. Get the marshmallows out. <laughs> um, and interestingly enough, this data center fire did actually affect some Boink projects, and namely Ithena. So Ithena had some clusters or something at the Strasbourg data center, and uh, unfortunately there were problems with their uh, C Node application. So they're in the process of moving uh, to another data center. And also interestingly enough, for those who are interested, sorry, hold on, let me just get the image. These are the last, uh, these are the last uh, beats of life from a uh, server's temperature sensor. So for those that are listening to the podcast, it's a graph of temperature. The server is approximately at about 35 degrees Celsius, and then suddenly, at 1am, it like, skyrockets to 90, 92 degrees Celsius, and then it starts to just get choppy, and eventually it just stops. (laughs) So... It's like a flat line. Yeah, it's pretty intense. Yeah. (laughs) Except the opposite.
0: I uh, sent a secondary view from the... I think it's from the same person who sent the original.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, so it just, like, completely skyrockets straight to 90 degrees Celsius. Wow. All right, Jeringa tell us about the African Rainfall Project. Are they uh, still at 94%, 95% of rainfall is important for agriculture? I
0: was actually going to tell you about Einstein at Home, because I haven't opened oh. the African <laughs> Rainfall Project yet. But I'll be I'll happy to tell you about that one in a second. Einstein at Home uh, has published uh, a paper in the Astrophysical Journal from the... Um, all sky search. So I'm not entirely sure what this small sub project was working on, but they thank everyone who's been working on the project to get the uh, tasks completed. Uh, and th- this project was doing uh, a search for continuous gravitational waves in LIGO, O2 public data. So they were taking data that already exists. This is a great example of what Boyd can do for. Uh, with open data sets. So they were taking the data that already exists, already was published, was probably already looked at by some people, searching, searching for different things. And they were taking this data set and looking for another thing, looking for gravitational waves that might be present in this data. Uh, so congrats to them. There's a YouTube video on it as well. We'll have a link to the article that links to both the paper itself and the YouTube video in the description. Congrats to everyone, crunchy einstein at home, They probably still have more work units. I don't think they'll ever run out of work units, so keep it up.
1: (laughs) Okay, Uh, so we also have an update from MLC at Home with uh, one of their weekly updates. Uh, Most of this information is quite technical, so they've upgraded to a new version of PyTorch. Um, They've added Polaris support. Uh, uh, They're also examining performance utilization for GPUs. Uh, and some static linking for those of you that are programmers. Um, there is also now support for DS four, and they mentioned that is their first convolutional neural network. Um, so yeah, it looks like uh, I assume that probably the G- the importance placed on the GPUs in this uh, update is that um, they they <laughs> they're getting ready to do uh, convolutional neural networks on MLC at home. Um, Let's see what else we got. Uh, MLC is providing data sets, so if you'd like to request some of their larger data sets, you will have to contact them privately uh, because they are pretty huge data sets, so getting the data across is going to be a hurdle. Uh, and they only have so much uh, bandwidth that they need for all the rest of the Boink project. Um, they are still addressing technical hurdles with regards to getting the support of uh, Gridcoin for whitelisting so that you can crunch MLC at home and earn Gridcoin. Um, They are looking towards data set number five, so they are really powering forward with this project by the looks of it. Um, and uh, a reminder that the MLC client is open source and there are issues on their GitLab page. So if you're a programmer or a data scientist and you want to help, you can go and look at those issues over on GitLab. So some some exciting news from MLC at home.
0: Yeah, and to keep things simple for you, lazy-ass programmers, I'm going to put the uh, link to the GitLab right in the description of this video. So do go check it out. If you see a simple issue you can fix, give them some love.
1: And by the way, you can call programmers lazy-ass programmers, because most programmers are lazy. And that's a good thing. Because a lazy programmer is often a good programmer, because it gets more efficient.
0: It's <laughs> a good way to look at it. Nothing against being lazy. I'm a lazy ass hmm. guy that does things I do. <laughs> so, alright, now I'll give you that juicy update from Africa Rainfall. You ready? Yeah. Alright, the researchers are speaking about the project in two presentations this spring. Uh at the EGU General Assembly in 2021. This will be a talk by Camille uh, uh, Lacose. Apologies for the name. Uh, And that schedule, uh, oh no. And then there's another one at the European Geosciences Union uh, for late April, which will be a virtual conference. Um, And also Nick Vandeguissen, Vandeguissen, again, apologies for the name, will be giving a presentation about the project on March 11th at an IBM event. So awesome stuff there they're looking for rainfall in africa modeling it cuz we're still confused by it but 95% of the africa of the agriculture in africa depends on rainfall which is like well, we're we'll waiting get- for it to increase
1: or decrease still <laughs> <laughs> so the koshi was interested
0: <laughs> 100% of the water on earth depends on rainfall or asteroids like so is asteroids at home actually modeling weather patterns
1: uh, I don't think so but they're modeling asteroids
0: yeah but asteroids are where water came from so or was it comets I don't know oh man
1: if you want to go back that far you can just say every project is analyzing the origin of the universe because everything that we're an- analyzing just links back to the origin of the universe
0: <laughs> all right explain that with Minecraft at home go <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay Minecraft was born in a universe a virtual universe mm-hmm. therefore it is in our universe being simulated therefore our universe came from the start of our universe
0: you win well done all right there you go (laughs) so uh the africa rainfall project is sending out what they're calling generation 54 uh and a generation is a set of computer simulations of rainfall in sub-saharan africa so still work to do on this project get going or keep going if you're already working on it in fact er, or indeed koshi we are all made of stardust thanks to um carl Sagan. Carl Sagan made the yep. universe.
1: All right, um, quick, quick fire news. SR Base looks to be experimenting with GPUs. Uh, they have a Windows version of their GPU task with a minimum driver of 460.27.xx XX and a NVIDIA Toolkit eleven point two, and it only runs on Ampere cards. And another quick fire news item. Ithena has some open data sets for network measurements, so probably the speeds of networks. Um, You can go and check that out over at Ithena.
0: Awesome. And also, congrats to the Minecraft at Home project for being added to the Gridcoin whitelist. Uh, If you don't know what that means, come on into the Discord. Uh, We'll probably be talking more about incentivized crunching and sort of distributed systems in the future as they become more of a reality in this wonderful wild world of ours. So uh yeah congrats to them and i think that's all the news is it
1: yeah uh <laughs> i mean Boy saying is just asking something uh only w- uh whether sr base only works on ampere cards i literally have no idea because the news that the sr base admin provided us is literally a, just a sentence <laughs> so uh some more information from the sr base admin would be nice but all I can say is that the version that they have at the moment is only running on Ampere cards.
0: All right, so VPSs, right? Yes.
1: So, uh, (laughs) Yeah, so for those of you that don't know, VPS stands for Virtual Private Server. And it's, I guess, just a general sort of um, term that's also interchangeable with various different things, which just means that you own technically a little slice of computing time on a big data center server. So hopefully all of you have seen all those massive data centers that maybe Google or Facebook owns or some other company, but there are also companies that dedicate themselves to creating these big data centers, not just to provide for their own services, but to provide other people with services. So what I can do is I, I have a VPS myself. I use it to run all sorts of uh, fun little stuff and uh, do backups here and there. And, uh, it runs on a server, a big data center server in Singapore, and uh, it's. I get basically a little slice of computing time on that big data center server, and I think my VPS is configured to have one virtual CPU, and two gigabytes of virtual RAM, and I think about 50 gigabytes of virtual hard disk space. And why am I saying it's all virtual? Because it doesn't exist. (laughs) No. It's because it's all time-shared. It's all time-shared and resource-shared. So when um, I submit a task or I ask my VPS to do something, then it'll take up a small chunk of time on the data center server. And this is interesting because in the past, uh, and also now too, people have been chatting about using Boink on VPSs or other computing clusters that are either cloud-hosted or online-hosted. And I think an important difference to uh, make and an important thing to explain is the difference between a VPS and a bare-metal server, uh, especially for running point. So uh, if uh, with a bare-metal server, or with a bare-metal computer, It's just like what you have in your room or what you're using to actually even probably listen to this too. It's a physical computer that you have in your room. You can plug stuff into it, you can plug stuff out of it, you can put new stuff in, swap out the parts, do all sorts of stuff. And really, you are limited by the hardware in that computer. So unless you upgrade the CPU or unless you upgrade the RAM, you are limited to your current CPU with your current RAM, with your current GPU, with your current hard drive space. Uh, but the great thing about it is that they are quite powerful for the cost that they for the cost that they have, and the only ongoing cost with them is, of course, electricity. And Boink runs quite well on them, and uh, Boink is meant to run on as wide range of hardware as possible. So usually, for any bare metal computer that you have in your house, or you're running Boink on, um, Boink will run fine. And uh, with a VPS, however you are pretty much renting a little time slot, as I said, in a big data center server. And in that data center server, they'll have hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of CPUs and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of sticks of RAM and hundreds and thousands and thousands of hard drives, most likely. And uh, the great thing about having a VPS is that literally with a press of a button and, of course, a change of your payment plan, uh, you can get an upgrade to the VPS. So you could probably get the equivalent of another CPU core, or the equivalent of an additional 500 gigabytes of hard drive space. And instead of having all the hardware and only specifically using one piece of hardware, one core on the CPU, one stick of RAM, or a couple sticks of RAM, or one particular hard drive to store all your stuff on, you are actually sharing it. The data that you probably store on the VPS will be striped across probably hundreds of drives on the data center server. It'll be across all sorts of different drives. And the CPU core that you're actually using might for probably a few seconds be CPU core number 1386, and then another second it might be uh, CPU core number 16 of the big massive server. So uh, it is a bit iffy. And there is no initial cost for a VPS, but there is an ongoing cost of obviously paying for the VPS. And a lot of questions that people do have is, is it better to run Boink on the VPS or run Boink on your computer, like your computer at home? And uh, I'd rather not say which one is better, but rather tell you how to figure out which one is better. So I know that in the past, uh, I think people uh, were mentioning something like Google Compute Clusters or something like that, or uh, Amazon Web Services, and they did mention that they have free trials. And often VPS um, uh, services and cloud hosting services usually have these. They say, oh, you can get one month free, try it out, see how it goes. And what a lot of people did is they actually signed up to these and just ran boink on them. They just did computing just for the sake of supporting science. I mean, it's free computing power just for a month or something like that. Uh, a month worth of computing power is quite quite valuable. And you just run boink on it until they start charging your credit card and then shut down the account. <laughs> um, Yeah, and uh, people were doing that, and uh, yeah, so the only real difference between it is that you have, in terms of costs, you have a big initial cost and a smaller ongoing cost for electricity for a bare metal server or a computer, and a VPS, you just have a single ongoing uh, monthly payment, most likely, and it's really up to you to judge whether one is better than the other, as to uh, how much boink crunching you do, but in terms of the actual hardware and how fast it is and how much it gets crunching, um, there is a pretty significant difference. So because the VPS is all virtualized, it runs on a time-based set of CPUs, scheduling and moving of your tasks around on the VPS can impact performance a little bit. Although you can run boink and most of the other projects and whatever on a VPS, um, it, it may have some impact from the virtualization. Although, you don't have to mess with any wires, you don't have to mess with any hardware, you don't have to mess with anything, and you can have pretty good trust that the VPS is secure, and it probably won't go down for a very long time. I mean, I, I just talked about the Strasbourg, yeah, uh, Strasbourg server Data fire. Center <laughs> yeah, in, the, in the news, which isn't really helping my argument, but <laughs> um yeah, so with VPSs, they usually last a very, very long time. Like I, I think I have a VPS that's been up for almost a year now. Like it's never been shut down <laughs> for a year. Um whereas normal computers they usually shut down quite often. You shut them down, reboot them, join up and whatnot. And I would say that based on cost to hardware ratio, you can get a lot more performance out of buying a actual proper computer and using that for Boink versus paying monthly for a small set of hardware with very small limitations uh, to run Boink. Uh, and usually, the because computing power is so expensive nowadays, because uh, I know that we have a rush on hardware and uh, also just cloud computing is booming just in general, uh, usually cloud computing or VPSs do get quite expensive in terms of a monthly monthly payment. So uh, unless you can find a cheap service or if you can find a free um, free trial, then you might want to consider spinning up a VPS and supporting Boint for a bit. So do you have any questions, J-Ringo, about VPSs?
0: Not really, no. I mean, I get it. Um, for some people, I suppose... Who have money but not the desire to buy and maintain hardware? VPSs make more sense. There's also a service set up by the guys who do Prime Grid where you literally just buy compute. Uh, you buy computer cycles. And I think they just use a VPS and then translate your money into computation cycles for projects you choose. Uh, I forget what that project's called, but it's pretty neat. Uh, no, it's oh, not yeah. Um, it's not yeah, Charity I was going to say, let's talk about that. <laughs> it's not Charity Engine. Uh, charity engines a little different uh, we won't talk about that but the uh I think right has put it together I think it's the science cloud that's it yeah so uh, that's it, it's pretty neat um that could be a use for vpss I don't understand I guess that's the only use I can understand. I know other people in here might have some opinions about VPSs and Boink, and whether or not they're good or bad, or what the difference is. Uh, I invite them to to speak up if they want to share their their thoughts.
1: Yeah, and I know that there are also a bunch of blockchain-related projects and stuff that try to aim to do it, like where you might use a particular cryptocurrency or something like that to purchase computations on maybe some decentralized network. and really, that's in its emerging stage at the moment, and we there are no real like sort of good solid examples to give. But that's also another possibility too.
0: Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, MLC at home is MLC at home is saying that they uh, can make sense in some circumstances, but it's not for them. That's really what I think it comes down to. Is it's a personal, um, it's just a choice whether you want to use a VPS or not to crunch boink. Uh, I wonder. And what often. That what the environmental impact is of using a VPS, using up that server space, making that company buy more hardware and run that thing all the time versus just using your own personal hardware and setting up a super efficient system.
1: Yeah, and then maybe three years down the track, they'll chuck out a couple of the hard drives that failed and crush them all and probably have take out a bunch of motherboards that failed in them and then have to replace them and make all that e-waste happen.
0: Yeah, it's kind of like the difference between buying at a big box or buying local. Like, you're either crunching at a big box or you're crunching local. And I think just Instinct says crunching local is almost always going to be the better choice. You have more control over the the crunching you're eating and the, the waste of your crunching uh, versus crunching at a big box. Um, yeah,
1: and the great thing about having a bare metal computer is because boink will run on pretty much any hardware even the older stuff the hardware really doesn't go to waste and you can hold on to it for quite a long time before most of the projects actually just evolve to only support just the newer stuff and even those projects that were back then if they're still running on those old hardware would probably still support that old hardware
0: (laughs) mlc at home is saying that they think that a server farm is actually more efficient overall uh, it could be. I really, I have no idea. I would love to see uh data on it because it'd be an interesting, interesting study. I mean,
1: if you're a scientific organization and you have the funding, then of of course a supercomputer or even just as they said, a server farm would probably be more efficient and more straightforward way of going it. But of course, scientists don't always have that opportunity.
0: Yeah, yeah, and, and all power. So Neil brings up that a server farm can be solar powered. My my servers can be. Uh, solar powered like the the arguments of energy distribution uh, i don't think hold weight anymore because there's so much opportunity to make a green home um yeah uh, boy sonic responds that he knows one person who solar powers all his blank rigs so it's it's an interesting idea like because concentration of resources generally is more efficient right if you um it's not more is it though? Like um, mountaintop mining versus going in and getting very specific uh, details in your mining operation, which one one produces more, but one is more efficient when you like, it depends on your definition of efficient, I guess. One I think you lot. can
1: say that generally this, the concentration of com- computational resources is more efficient.
0: I think for now that might, I, I could be convinced that for now, that's the thing without no data in front of us. I mean, if the data says whatever the data says, the data's right. But the, I, I think as distributed systems build up their infrastructure, we build a, a digital feature on distributed systems. I think that will flop very quickly because all of a sudden you have to consider um, sort of social impacts where okay you're, you're using a server farm who's the server farm owned by okay so you're telling me amazon owns all the computation power of the world well that doesn't seem like it's super efficient it would be more efficient like that centralization that monopoly reduces efficiency um, compared to having distributed computations around the world where everyone can participate and get their science done because otherwise amazon is choosing whose science gets done I don't know. And I here are the
1: problems of VPSs. <laughs> yeah, I'm
0: hugely biased towards distributed systems, so I'll be the first to.
1: We love Boink.
0: So I'll tell you that, yeah. But th- there are the thing about Boink is it's the permissionless system. It's the infrastructure, and you can run server farms on it, or you can run personal computing. It's not dependent on one or the other. So if personal computing gets destroyed for some reason, and Nvidia or AMD do something stupid, uh, and and lock their cards out, even though. Like, NVIDIA just tried to lock their their recent GPUs out from Ethereum mining, and that lasted all of, like, half a week. Um, Or if all the server farms get burned down in nasty fires because of 5G, (laughs) (laughs) then you just just switch to the other one, right? That's why Boink is great, because it's the infrastructure, it's not dependent on one technology.
1: Yep, so the computers are the bread and Boink is the butter.
0: This is the second time, second podcast in a row where butter has come up. <laughs> <laughs> I serve butter. Um, All
1: right. Uh, should we talk about Rig of the Week that's currently being live-streamed?
0: <laughs> uh, yeah, let's talk about... Well, there's a couple more um, thoughts here in the chat. MLC at Home is saying it's not. Uh, they're not mutually exclusive. Boink works because it's taking advantage of those inefficiencies in home computing to do useful work. Uh, it's not an argument about uh, efficiency will lose to server farms every day. Um, maybe. I guess you're right, because I'm thinking of Bitcoin right now, and it's like it was designed to be run by GPUs, essentially GPUs in individuals' homes, and then that was lost to server farms and ASICs. But the solution that people came up with to keep it distributed is to make different hashing algorithms, to make algorithms switch every so often so that you can't build an ASIC, you can't really run a server farm to mine some of the cryptos out there uh so that's actually them trying to reduce efficiency to maintain distributed systems i wonder if it is a, a trade-off thing between those two yeah it's an interesting interesting um conversation for sure uh yeah let's talk about regular week delta what are we looking at
1: um i believe we are looking at a whole bunch of odroids
0: and johnny cash
1: yeah <laughs> Um, yeah, so for those of you that don't know what Odroids are, they are basically like a Raspberry Pi, except uh, they're a bit more beefier. So these are Odroid XU4s, which I think are the beefiest ones. They got heat sinks on them, and uh, they also have, I think, how many are there, are there? 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8. It looks like about 8 Odroids with two PC fans hooked up to it so that it keeps it all cool. Um, and this is from Koshi. In the chat, who's currently live-streaming their rig.
0: Amen. So last uh, two weeks ago, we had Melk live-streaming himself um, in a motorcycle helmet building rig. And this week, We got Koshi live-streaming his uh, Raspberry Pis with Johnny Cash. Who knows what we're going to have next week. Uh, come <laughs> in with your rig.
1: Come in, yeah. Let's go.
0: <laughs> and I will, uh, before we head off here, uh touch on another question about the boink workshop the virtual 2020 boink workshop well guys it's 2021 uh i actually have not been contributing to the workshop uh organization thing for quite some time at this point uh several things weren't meshing with me but largely i just didn't have the time to contribute uh when you consider what was it meshing so uh i i don't know if they're still planning it um i hope they are because it would be great it would now be the 2021 virtual workshop. Uh, Last they spoke about it during the um, um, project call, blank project call. Uh, Matt was trying to get it for the end of March, Um, but I doubt that's that's gonna work out. So, well, I'll give you any updates as I get them. Uh, Otherwise, I imagine we will be having in-person workshops again. If not towards the end of this year, definitely the year following. So I'm looking forward to those for sure.
1: You guys should come to Dubbo. We'll have a workshop at Dubbo.
0: Dubbo. Yeah,
1: I'm dumb. Yeah, mate. Let's go.
0: I'm going to just insult everyone, though, because I'm going to jokingly put on an Australian accent like, all the time. <laughs> just all the time. It's just mis-
1: <laughs> and the funny thing is, um, I uh, all my other American friends don't know that uh, wh- whether or not actually making fun of people just ev- all the time is actually australian <laughs> so when you come to australia and start making fun of people who knows what might happen
0: oh man i don't know my mind's blown right now we gotta go we gotta go <laughs> just
1: <laughs> constant swearing everywhere
0: <laughs> I yeah, i could get down with that okay i tried to do that in an australian accent i just couldn't oh i might i can curse nope nope
1: you want to keep it pg <laughs>
0: <laughs> mittens all right <laughs> So next week, we had a couple other topics that people wanted to talk about this week. Uh, one was talking about uh, perhaps getting private data into distributed computing, so something to do with crunching personal information uh, or, or homomorphic uh, encryption which would be in that discussion. The other people wanted to talk about sort of blockchain technology and distributed systems and incentivized crunching in that discussion. So maybe we'll talk about one of those next week. Uh, if you have anything you want us to talk about instead or in addition to those ideas, feel free to reach out to myself, Delta, or anyone really in the community uh, here on the Boink Network Discord server. We will be more than happy to either uh, speak out our ass or give us some light <laughs> as best we can. So um, That said, Delta, anything you want to say?
1: That's it. Have a good have a good one, you bloody ripper.
0: <laughs> have a great weekend, everyone. What's that even mean? What's a bloody ripper? Bloody ripper.
1: You're a bloody legend, mate.